Hello, and welcome to Drunk Mythology. I'm your co-host, Krista Hunsaker. And I'm your co-host, Christian Madonna. We're coming to you pre-recorded from the basement. Mm-hmm. Yep, we are in a time of social distancing and quarantine, so what better time to work on our Drunk Mythology podcast? That's right! So, if you listen to us now, stay home. And if you listen to us in the future, well, I hope it's bright. Mm-hmm. But you should listen to us and listen to all of our episodes, starting with the most recent ones, because they are better quality, I'd like to think. Always work your way back, if you're new to the podcast. Thank you for going to the latest stuff instead of seeing the crap we put out when we first started. I mean, the content was good, but the audio quality was lacking. So I hope you enjoy the crap we're still putting out. Yeah, and this crap is from... This crap is fresh. Uh-huh, it's still warm. <laughs> oh, no. So, this fresh story is coming to you from Japan. It's fresh to death. It's too fresh, too furious. It's the story of Miminashi Hoichi. Hoichi? Hoichi. Hoichi. Hoshi. We're going to be back and Hoichi. forth all over the place with that. It doesn't matter even if we looked it up. We would still be tripping. Yeah, this is Drunk Mythology. Welcome. Welcome. We'd be tripping over every pronunciation. So this story comes out of Japan. This is a, probably came from about 200 years ago, likely in the mid to late Edo period. Uh, you know, sometime... To set the scene. Yeah, to set the scene, this is coming out sometime, you know, a little bit before samurai are gone and westernization and modernization and the media restoration has happened. The samurai shampoo. This is about samurai shampoo time. Samurai shampooing. Yes, yeah, so... Uh, Why they rinse repeat. But more importantly to us than when the story came out, is a story that happened beforehand that you need to understand in order to understand this. It's a story within a story. It's a never-ending story. <laughs> All right, so the story takes place in 1185, the Battle of Danoura, Danura, in the Straits of the Shimonoseki, which separate the main Japanese island of Honshu from Kyushu, the southwestern island. All real places, all real battle. This yeah, it actually happened this, in historical context for this myth. Yeah, historical context. In 1185, there was a naval battle at Danuora in the Shimonegi Straits that actually happened. It was the final battle of the Genpai War contest between the Haiki, the Taira clan. Taira clan? The Taira Banks clan. Okay, good. Or ta- Taira. I'm going to say Taira. And the Genji, the Minamoto clan. And it was at this sea battle that every last member of the Taira clan and the child emperor... Antuku Tenno, Antoko, probably Antoko, the 81st emperor of Japan, perished into the sea. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So they washed up on the Taira banks? <laughs> <laughs> yes, in the Straits of the Shimonoseki, there were no survivors. The entire Taira clan was wiped out. You better work it, girl. So this was this was by no means a small feud. This was this story that we're relaying so that you will understand the story we're about to tell. Uh, was actually a major Japanese civil war that would change the dynamics of medieval Japan, kicking off the Kakamura era. Uh, sorry, Kamakura era. <laughs> nope, Kakimura. Kamakamakamakura chameleon era, and starting the era of shoguns and samurai. So the Haiki and the Taira clan was the last of the embers to happen before the Kamakura era, in which the shogunate was a rival force um, and just as powerful. Ooh, so it was the rise of the Shogun and the Samurai. Yes, so prior to this point, Samurai had existed, but they were, you know, they were like fighters and like provincial warriors. 
But at this point, provincial towns, the rise of the shoguns and the daimyo and the full-on samurai era begins literally with this battle. Like this is this is the this is so important. And so this battle here at Dinaura kicks off this event in which the entire Haiki clan wiped out. Like Genji who used his ultimate, the dragon blade, and uh, just, you know, went oh, to town. Yeah, Hanzo wasn't even there. Nope. But yeah, Minamoto wiped them all out. And also lost at the battle was the great sword uh, that was one of the three imperial regalia, the symbols of imperial authority, uh, that was supposedly brought to earth when the first Japanese emperor descended from heaven. That's a fun fact. Ooh, heavenly sword. Yes, this story is not about that lost sword. Or, sword of heaven. Or any Japanese military political history. It is about the Haiki, who have haunted the shores of Shimonoseki ever since. Oh, you know, they washed up on those tower banks. It's a, it's a real place. It's a real place you can go visit. It is the uh, southwesternmost city on the edge of the main Japanese island of Honshu. So go visit it. It's cool. It's haunted as shit. Coastal haunted town of ancient dead warriors and emperors and nobility. And this actually happened. This is We haven't even gotten to the myth yet. That's great. So uh, Ghosts are real. You heard it here first. You heard it here first, folks. Ghosts are real. And here, here at the banks of the, of the Tyra clan, of the Shimonoseki, um, there are... There are seen thousands of ghostly fires and pale lights on dark nights. Oh, wait, wait. Do you want to be on top? Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> called the top model. <laughs> called the Onibi. Demon fires that hover above the beaches and drift above the waters on Onibi. dark nights. Onibi. That's a, that's a cute name for like a scary ghost figure. I guess they're kind of like little like lights on the horizon, but like Onibi. I know, it sounds, it sounds like a chibi, and, and Oni itself, like, it's a Japanese demon, but it also sounds kind of cute. Yeah. Or Oni-san. <laughs> uh, so, also, oh, nice. beyond just the demon the demon fires of the Onibi, here wind kicks up from the sea, and you can hear great shouts and clamors of the battle. And most importantly, to this region, are known to be very unique crabs. Ooh. That's right. The... Heike crabs, if you well hear, named. hear that name again, which have human faces on their backs. That's and, awesome. <laughs> and are said to be the spirits of the Heike warriors, which, you know, if you die in battle and are reincarnated as like a warrior crab, that's actually pretty cool. It's cool, but also really like gross and terrifying. And you want to go cracking crabs with a giant mallet and just straight on the human faces. I would need a sledgehammer. Because these things need to go away it's, forever, and I cannot, I don't want to look at them. It's whack-a-crab. <laughs> it's whack-a-crab, but they're all angry old Japanese faces Excellent. of samurai who have perished. In anguish, probably. <laughs> in anguish, in sea battle, who drowned. Just be claws. <laughs> they lost. So, it is known that even, bef even in the telling of this story, in the past the Heike were far more restless. They were really angry crabs. These crab people would attempt to overpower and sink ships sailing in the night. I think I saw that in Pirates of the Caribbean 3. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was totally, it, With Calypso and her crab army. Yeah, but these crabs were bigger because you, you got to be bigger to fit a human face crab on Crab generals. <laughs> yes, these are the crab... <laughs> these are the crab generals of uh, the White Bye, Snake. By Shuzen. <laughs> Uh, That's so, where they came from. <laughs> so these, these crabs, human faces, on their backs, not on their fronts. They still have crab faces. 
They would also attempt at all times a day to pull swimmers down into the depths. If they had human them. faces on their stomachs, the humans would just be constantly like eating sand as the crab moves, and then it looks like little weird udders with like the uh, nose and lips. It'd be dragging across. It's like, pat, pat, pat. No, I definitely picture it's like it's I like sand in my mouth. It's like the masks that samurai would wear that are like oni masks and like scary, very contorted, you know, faces. You know, like masks of faces. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I imagine it's like the, you know, like you said, like they're arrested in their, um, like, anguished faces. Oh, they're, they're all definitely calling out and screaming. And, yeah, you know, they, I get that. Very hard to see through a mask. As they're well. not happy, smiley faces. Uh, oh, but what if there was? That's Larry. Larry said. <laughs> no, that's Larry the lobster. Larry's a lobster. <laughs> You're right. Eugene Krabs. My bad. <laughs> that's Eugene. So it was here on the shores of the Shimonoseki. Where the Aikido were restless, that the Buddhist temple, Amadaji, Amadaji was built here in order to appease the dead spirit crabs. And they also built a cemetery near the beach that was near the temple. Ooh, nice and, cemetery. And, they, and in the cemetery, they built monuments to the drowned emperor Antoku and his vassals. Sand crypts. And so here they would regularly perform Buddhist services to appease the Aiki, and it worked for the most part. The attacks had really slowed down. Uh, there were still some shenanigans that happened there. Yeah, did they give them, like, um, dirt, <laughs> like, little dirt balls for them to, like, you know, or, like, the plankton that they could just kind of, like, rum, 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 Oh, that they could eat? Yeah. When you definitely made that motion, I was like, did they give them, like, little taiko drums and the crabs are holding the drums? For sure. I'm sure they did. Taiko drums in the night, small and many in number. So many. Oh, it'd be fierce. So, now we get to... The actual story, because that's the story that was leading up to it. It's just so, the background context, Mr. So, Exposition. So Mr. Exposition here gave you the story of the downfall of the Haiki, the Tyra clan, which was defeated in 1185. And their transformation into crab people. And they haunt the shores of the Shimonoseki, and they are now crab people and, and uh, Onibi demon fires. Demon fire haunt ghosts crab people. Yeah, it's haunted as shit. So the story of Miminashi Hoichi, Hoichi, Sure. Takes place during the era of the samurai, which is kicked off in 1185 in this really shogunate era. And it lasts until like 1850s. 1868 (laughs) with the Meiji Restoration, but that's for our history podcast. So. Some of the food podcasts. It doesn't exist. Yet. Maybe. Uh, So this is the story of Hoichi, who was a poor young blind bard. Blind bard. That poor young blind bard. Short play to mean pinball. Now, uh, <laughs> who lived in Shimonoseki. Back then, it was known as Ak- Akamagaseki, which is how the story refers to it. However, the real-life location is Shimonoseki. Uh, but this blind man, Hoichi, was famous for his skill in reciting stories and playing the biwa, which is a four-stringed lute instrument. Oh, so he plays a mean biwa. Yeah, he sure plays a mean biwa. <laughs> he was known as a biwa hoshi, or a lute priest. Which is a cool way to call a bard, like a lute priest. And he was best at reciting the Haiki Monogatari, the tragic stories of the Haiki. Convenient. These were his greatest hits. Yeah. So, like we said before, Ochi was very poor. He was super poor. He had nothing but his biwa and his skills and his history knowledge. Like most musicians on the road. Yes, he needed a patron. He didn't get one, but he had a good friend in the priest, uh, that top head priest of the Amidaji temple, 
who was fond of Baudry and music and often invited Hoichi to perform there, and since they were friends, he would do it all the time. So after one of the performances, the priest offers Hoichi a room in the temple, and in return for the food and the lodging, Hoichi would live there and occasionally play at the temple. He's like, yeah, we love a uh, esoteric life, but um, so do you, so uh, welcome to Minimalist. It's a pretty good gig. Honestly, it comes with room, it comes with board, and he likes everyone there, so like, damn, dude, that's, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. That's better than a nine to five. But he's still poor. And he's still playing the same old tune every night. <laughs> Play the greatest hits. I don't want your new album. You have a I, new album? I, Get out of here. I came here for the good stuff. Play me the top 40s, Hoichi. Yeah. <laughs> Play us a song. You're the Biwa man. <laughs> Play us a song, Biwa man. Play us a love song. All right. So one summer night. The priest and his acolytes were called away to perform a service at the house of, uh... Summer lovin', having a blast. Summer lovin', happen so fast. So if you can imagine, the priest in his leather jacket and his acolytes and their, uh... They're leather tight, jackets. Tight le- yeah, they're all in leather <laughs> jackets, all heading off to the house of a dead parishioner to for- perform some sort of funeral rites. She was good, if you know what I mean. Whoa! <laughs> did she put up a fight? Whoa, she's dead. Respect. She did put under up a the, fight. Under the dead, she put up a fight. She did. So, it was a hot summer night, and this blind bard sought to cool off on the veranda, as you would when it's too hot. Oh, God, there's no air conditioning. It's too hot. You have hot. to remember, there is. it's maybe seaside town, but there is no air conditioning. And we're talking southwestern Japan. It's practically Okinawa. It's practically the Philippines. It's tropical. It's hot and tropical. It's hot. So he's hot. he's in the small garden in the veranda waiting for his friends to return. It's hot in Shimoseki. <laughs> it's Shimoseki. It's hot, hot in Hanshu. <laughs> so, in this small garden of earthly delights, Hoichi is playing his by into the night. Mid- do midnight passed. The breeze was still out, and Hoichi continues to play because it's so hot. Was it? What's he going to do with that time anyway? Just lay there like a slug. <laughs> it was his only defense. <laughs> so finally, Oichi hears some steps coming from the back gate of the Amadaji. Oh, and he's like, oh, my priest friend is back from his late night soiree with healing the dead people. I don't know what he does. I don't pay attention. They just asked me to play music. I don't actually know what goes on behind these closed doors. Yeah, I mean, he's not very, he's not very uh, religious. He's but, not very hands-on but, priest. <laughs> but it's definitely like the last rites of the dead. <laughs> That's what they want you to think. <laughs> okay, so somebody stepped and really rather marched toward him and made an abrupt halt, halt like da 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 da. Whoa. It was obviously not one of the temple priests. And this deep voice calls out Hoichi! That's the rest of my voice. I'm sorry. <laughs> Done. That's Story's it. over. <laughs> Hoichi! And it sounded like a samurai in his tone and manner. It was very, it was very much like, I am big talking to you, peasant. He's like Mifune. Mifune? Mif- Go on. You know. Go on. That samurai actor in all the old black and white movies. Oh. So he calls out again. Hoichi. Hoichi. Hoichi, is anyone there? Anyone there by the name of uh, Hoichi? You got a candy gram? Candy gram for Hoichi. And Hoichi finally responds, Hi, I am Hoichi. And I am blind, so I do not know who calls. Candy gram for Mongo. So now the stranger, now that he recognizes that this is Hoichi, he replies more calmly. There's nothing to fear. I am stopping by this temple. Sorry I yelled your name very aggressively. I wasn't sure where <laughs> you were or if this was you. Maybe you were deaf. 
You thought it was threatening. No, that's just my voice. <laughs> he does have a very deep voice. This, uh, to reiterate, this this guy has a very deep voice. And uh, I'm stopping by this temple. My lord is now staying in Akama, Akamagasaki. With Nearby. many noble attendants. And he wishes to view the scene of the Dano Ura today. Um, well, he went to the Dano Ura today to view the scene. And he heard of your skill in reciting songs of the battle. Ooh, talk about your music in plain air, you know? It's like reciting the music at the scene of the crime. Oh, yeah. It's like an example modern day. I can't think of one right now. But, you know, it's like listening to... What? It's like the Gettysburg Address watching a reenactment. Yeah. At no. Gettysburg. No, that's good. That's good. I'm just trying to think of, like... Somebody plays a cover of, um... What's a song that takes place that's about a Woodstock. battle? I don't know, man. It's like listening It's like listening to Zombie by the Cranberries, and you're walking through Belfast on the tour of places that have been bombed. Something like that, you know? Yeah. It's about the, the thing. You're at the thing. It's a very... Or like a live recording from the Cranberries, which it, would be impossible. Which would be like watching the Cranberries. Unless you have a seance. Yeah. Or you're a, or you're a demon crab. Or you're a time traveler. All right, so... I lost my place. This samurai but, was none of these things. But the samurai had called oh, he him was a samurai. Be- because his noble <laughs> lord, well, he was that thing. So he called him there because, uh, Hoichi, my noble lord has heard you're good at performing about this battle and the Haiki people. And, and he desires you to perform it at the house in which he is having his August assembly. The house of the rising summer sun. The house, Yes, the house of the rising August sun. Because, you know, August is a concept that uh, Japan has at this point. It's not. It's a it's a Roman concept. But they have it. They definitely do not have a Gregorian calendar at this point in eleven eighty no wait, the seven hundred years later. Maybe they do. Yeah. Shit. Maybe they do. Yeah. It's like eighteen forty. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know if they've adopted it by then. If you know, tell me. Um okay, so But at the same time, OEG was like, Yeah, sure, I'll go, because back then when a samurai gave you an order you did it. Or you died. Especially if you were a poor blind man. It's like the meme with like the two buttons. It's like follow samurai order or die. And he's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go grab my biwa and go with the stranger samurai who has asked me kindly to go. My biwa and bounce. Uh, so he was led by the hand by this stranger who guided him deftly. The hand was of iron, and the warrior's stride clanked very loudly. So he was in, like, his full armor regalia. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Hoichi was like, oh, he must be like a palace guard or something. This dude is decked out in order. He's just like, clinky clack, clank, clank, clank. He's <laughs> tap dancing his way across the sand. And so Hoichi re- relaxes a little bit and is like, all right, well, you know. I would actually be more terrified. Well, well what <laughs> relaxes, Hoichi is like, well, this warrior proclaimed his lord was a person of exceedingly high rank, so he imagines nothing less than a daimyo of oh, the first class. So he's expecting, like, a real nice welcome. Yeah, a real, a real nice, like, you know, this is a big shot. He's playing for like the prince. He's playing. He's playing for like one of the one of the, the like a duke or something. Because because yeah. the daimyo is not quite the shogun, but he's like he's a high up there noble lord. There's there's. Oh well, it can always go for shogun. Don't I'm... set your sights low. Oh, every Hoshi. Every shogun was a daimyo. <laughs> was a daimyo first, and they climbed the ladder. <laughs> always a daimyo, never a shogun. Mm. So they stopped. At what felt like Toichi a large gate. Maybe he felt out for it and was like, this is a large gate. <laughs> this is a large gate. <laughs> Which was odd for him because the only large gate he knew in the town of Shimonoseki. 
and Akamaga Saki something, uh, was the gate at the Amadaji Temple, which he was at. So that can't be right. <laughs> Unless it took them a really long time to leave the backyard <laughs> to and, get to the front and yard. And so the samurai yelled out, Kaimon! Kaimon! Come on. And <laughs> Hoichi heard a large gate unbarring, so that sounds about right. Oh, yeah. It's like a word that you... It's like a polite word for basically, like, raise the gate. And, like, samurai would use it when they were entering the place of, like, some higher up. When they're entering, like, a palace or something. Yeah. And it's like, hey, this is my respect to raise the gate. I'm a person of respect honoring you. Mmm. I read that in the footnotes of the story. <laughs> That's cool. That's like Kaimon. That sounds like a Digimon name. What's that about? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Kaimon would be a cool Digimon name. It probably uh, is. It's a gate Digimon. It's no, it's a samurai. Oh yeah, it probably is a gate Digimon. They're too. Digimon little. gets weird. So he hears a large With gate dance. unbarring, and he's led through a guard and guns. Yeah. And he's led through a garden area, and he's halted again before a large space. So like the you know the hand leads him through, and it's like I, know a I can tell it's a large space. A sense of feeling, maybe. He feels it out. I don't know, maybe it just feels very vacuous and open. And so the stranger cries out to the... Uh, because the stranger calls out and it echoes, maybe. I have brought Hoichi! And he hears the sounds of feet hurrying and screens sliding and windows opening. Scurrying. Women and nobles of the court talking. He recognizes they all must be the court of the court because uh, he had no idea where this strange palace could be. And also they're speaking like noble words and like the vernacular of the higher class and he's like, ooh, I struck big. It sounds like money here. You're a big dog now, Hoichi. <laughs> and so he was... No more side gigs and garages. And so they helped him climb up several stone steps and they led, and you know, they were like, take off your shoes, Hoichi. Please. Out of respect. And he led him across some polished planks where he was told to make himself comfortable and start playing. It's like one of those boards with, like, the squeaks in them for, you know, like, the Nightingale Palace that you couldn't be snuck up on. So it's just like, the whole way. (laughs) It's like, oh, let me, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to step lightly. And the crowd is dead silent. And he's like, oh, no. (laughs) Yep, just like that as he's sneaking up. And and so Hoichi sits down and he hears the voice of a woman. Who's like the main bitch in charge. A Rojo. The Rojo. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, because that just maybe. It was the matron of the female service. So she's Rojo. she's like the top chick. And she says to him, It is now required that the history of the Haigi be recited to the accompaniment of the Biwa. She's the boss. She's the boss. She's the lady boss. Girl boss. She's the tire banks. She's the Tyra Banks. You have been eliminated from this competition. Goodbye. So Oichi asks, oh, the whole history takes many days and nights to perform. What shall I play now? And they're like, ah, skip to the good parts. The battle, son. Tell us the battle of Danura. And he's like, there's a lot more if you want. They're like, that battle, boy. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, that is what the samurai had invited him to perform. He mentioned, you know, he mentioned it. And so Oichi begins the chant. Of the fight at the bitter sea, and as Biwa makes the sound of straining oars, the rushing of ships, and hissing of arrows. He's really a one-man band there. He's a one-man orchestra, and he calls out, and the shouting and trampling of men. He's a one-man opera. Yeah, that's impressive. (laughs) And you hear the crashing of steel, and the flooding of water and blood, and he could hear praises called out, how marvelous, and... You know, we've never heard anyone play so beautifully. And he was like, shut up. This is an interactive theater. No. <laughs> he, he, his ears perk and he's like, oh, yeah, they're 
fucking loving it. And so he gets even more into it, and it gives him more courage, and he plays and sings better than before. And at last, when he comes to the, the climax, the perishing of the women and children, and the death leap of Nino Noama, and the young emperor Antuko, in her arms as she leaps into the waters to drown. And all the listeners join together in a long, wailing cry of anguish. And hysteria. And hysteria, yes, they wept and howled so loudly. And he was like, ooh, ooh, I read the room wrong. Hoichi, Yikes. Hoichi paused, and he was like, ooh, ooh, these people are really feeling I struck a note here. Is this a I ba- struck many a note. <laughs> Is this a, a Bacchus sort of thing? Are they going to tear me limb from limb now? <laughs> Hopefully no. And and he just waited. He paused at this point, which is great. This is great, like, dramatic effect, you know? Mm-hmm. And so he held until the Rojo had broken the silence and told Luigi. They heard he was good, but they didn't know he would be that good. <laughs> Sound like he said Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> Luigi. Oh, Luigi. Um, so she told them Mwah. that... Uh, their lord has requested Hoichi to return. It's a me, Hoichi. <laughs> and belay for them for the next six nights, and the end of which uh, he shall make his August return journey. So he's here. He's taking a little summer. He's summering in Shinomazaki. The emperor is, or the uh, the diamond is here for just like a week, you know, doing his summer spring break thing. Oh, no, no. It's, it's, it's like a fall break. It's August. Yeah. But yeah, he's here for summer Before nights. he's going to go off to college. He's doing a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, before the August, before the fall semester starts, guys. So the warrior who led him there led him home to the temple and told him, hey, same time, same place. I'm going to catch you later, Oichi. Oichi's like, yeah, great. When, uh, was there money? And the Lord commands you to tell no one of these plans and then runs away. No money then? Uh, money at the end? What's the... Dang, I should have got this in writing. Should've, I wouldn't have seen it anyway. Should have asked about money first. My audio recorder. And it was <laughs> it was almost done when Hoichi finally had returned to the Amadaji temple. And no oh. one had noticed his absence. Because they were all out partying as hard. <laughs> they well, all rolled in about dawn. Well, they all rolled in real late from the funeral service they were, from the uh-huh. from the service they the were. The funeral service, I think. <laughs> it's like the monks partying in Ace Ventura yes, when he's leaving. It's 100% that. And the... Oh no, that makes that makes Hochi his Terry's Ventura. You know he is. <laughs> and so they didn't notice. Oh. And then Hoichi went to sleep and he rested and and the next night, same time, same place, found by the stranger samurai and taken by gold iron hands to the same place to perform, to the same level of success and appreciation by the audience. And along the way he's like, um, so uh compensation was that uh I heard like I don't know, man, like 10,000 yen, what's the starting rate? Don't worry. Free wor- orders. Gold. It will be, don't worry, Oji. Don't worry, Oji. You will receive your just rewards. And he's he buys into it. He's like, okay, that sounds good. Uh, just desserts? That sounds good. I deserve a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's on the second night. What's more important, not what's happening at the performance, but rather what's happening in the temple, because they noticed his absence. Like, hey, Hoichi, you wanna you wanna join in on this rager? Oh no, he's gone. So the priest, his friend, his buddy, the priest of the Amadaji, had asked Hoichi when he had returned, where could he have gone so late into the night and unaccompanied? He is, after all, a blind man. He's like, what are you, a narc? 
no zero blind. I had some blind bard biz, and I couldn't. I, you know, I just had to do it. I, I was called away on an important priestly duty. He's like, I could, yeah, that's our cover story. I couldn't do it at another time. I tried to. Res- we had already rescheduled. I it was didn't want to. I didn't want to do it again. <laughs> if it didn't work this time, it wouldn't work for many moons. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, "Yeah, sure. I don't buy that for a second. We're gonna have you tailed next time." And he's like, "What?" Yeah, he's like, oh, nothing will eat you, don't worry. And then he tells Zagalite's like, all right, if he leaves Dumble again, you watch him. You follow him. Tell that motherfucker. You see where he goes. You see who he talks to. If he's going to a rager party, we need to know so we can get invited. That that young blind bard man. Sure plays a mean B-Wa. Mm-hmm. Can't have anyone else listening to our B-Wa player. So that very night... Because, uh, you know, six nights in a row. This is going to happen again. Hochi leaves the temple again. On the third night, he wandered away again. Making his way to perform for the noble lord. But this time, the temple acolytes followed him. And <laughs> they had a hard time keeping up with him in the dark. He... It's like an old movie where they're, like, being trailed by two, like, incompetent spies. And they're just like... Da-da, 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 da-da. It's like, oh, shit, da-da, we da-da, lost da-da. him. Wait, it's literally the sandy road we fucking lost him. How fast can this blind man go? This blind man's on a shittily kept road. He's on Heelys. <laughs> How did we lose Damn him? It. We're on one road. Why did we give him Heelys? <laughs> to escape his feelies. Uh, so they did lose him. They fucking, I mean, these are acolytes. They're like grad students of monks. <laughs> Never trust grad students. Yeah, no. It's what Jurassic Park and Journey to the Center of the Earth taught me. It's what it's what everything teaches me. It's what it's what becoming an eventual PhD will teach us. <laughs> it's like don't trust grad students. Uh, so eventually they do find they do like catch up with him and follow his tracks after some meandering and like oh we think we lost him oh shit we did no wait that wasn't the that wasn't the plan. I mean at, before this they go all the way through town and they're like have you seen this man. Have you seen this man? He's Have you got, seen this blind priest? He's got a Have be- you seen the blind Well, he's not a priest, but he's got a be one. Well, he is a loot priest. Uh, yeah, I was like, is he not? <laughs> no, well, no. Loot priest would be like calling someone like a guitar cleric or something. I don't know. <laughs> Next bard character, guitar cleric. <laughs> xylophone <laughs> they don't acolyte. They like, don't get the concept of a bard. So like... Right, xylophone apostate. <laughs> he's some kind of guitar cleric. <laughs> totes so eventually they do find him and he is in none other than the creepy cemetery on the beach yes they had gone they were like oh fuck we lost him well it's a beautiful night and we're gonna walk down the beach oh they're a bit morbid they want to walk through the cemetery like goth kids yeah but the cemetery is on the beach like cool goth kids yeah beach goth kids beach goths you know (laughs) you know beach goths I wish. They only go to the beach at night. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, yeah, that's the best time for just fires and singing your your priest loot with your girl. And keeping up your deathly pallor. <laughs> so they they hear the sound of a biwa playing furiously in the cemetery. Ooh, furiously. And the sky was pitch darkness. Except for, you, you guessed it, Onibi, ghostly demon fires. All over the place. Like big fireflies. Not bigger. Bigger. Think like, I don't know, think like a torch without a stick. Like like lighters at a concert. Ah, uh, that's pretty, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's pretty actually, fucking sweet. That's actually what the nobles are doing. Then, Like, they're just lighters at a con- at um, Hochi's concert <laughs> yeah. while he's singing this song. And I'm one. 
I'm sorry, my voice is gone. It's gonna, it's gonna be even worse than usual. Um, so they walk into the cemetery and they discover Hoiji sitting alone. Oh, and by the way, with all these lighters and demon fires going, it's raining. It's pouring rain. Atmospheric. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking. It's it's cool though. It's a cool concert. Except he's sitting alone in the rain in a uh, in a cemetery. He'll Play- win that wet t-shirt uh, contest. Playing uh, before the memorial tomb of. Antoku Tenu, the boy emperor of Daigi clan who, di- who was killed at Danaora. No wonder this emperor dude, Diamond, is so hard to please. He's like an infant. What? Like, we, we, don't, we haven't realized that yet. I mean, this is pretty obvious. Okay, it's kind of obvious. So he And he plays the song of Danaora vigorously. And this kid wants to get the same goddamn music for six nights in a row. It's like a kid rewinding the same tr- tape and playing it over and over like Frozen. I'm sorry, but you can you can listen to the song remains the same six days in a row. <laughs> so, the acolytes saw more demon fires, more onibi than any mortal man had ever seen. I mean, it was hundreds. It was it was so many. Usually, people were jamming. You should see like I don't know, like two or three hundreds. It lit up the cemetery, and uh, the men shouted to Oichi. But he did not appear to hear them. He just kept on playing. He had AirPods in. <laughs> he can't hear us. Oh no, Hoichi. He's got AirPods in. Hoichi. I mean, he's rocking so loud. He's probably got ear. He's probably got out of earbuds, man. He can't. You know, he'd shatter his eardrums, and then what? <laughs> so the men shouted to him, and he didn't hear. And they grabbed onto him, and he was just like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You stopping the concert? You're interrupting the show!" And they're like, "Oh, you crazy old coot!" And so only by force did they pick him up and run him back to the Amadaji Temple, which was not far because he's in the cemetery. But upon taking Oichi back, they brought him dry clothes and got, because he was playing in the rain and then like 4 a.m. that wet, sad sack in front of the priest and was like, look at what we brought you from the rain. Nah, because they like Oichi. They like Oichi. So they gave him some food, some drink, and they were like, come on, man. Come on. It's all right. It's all good. Wake up. Come back. Tell your story to the priest. And we were like, tell your story to Buddha. And so the priest was like, all right, tell me everything. What is going on, Oichi? Where is this party? And so Oichi finally comes to and he realizes. Why weren't we invited? And after much insisting, he gives in and he tells everything that happened. The samurai, the lord, the rojo, everything. The priest proclaims, Oichi, you are in grave danger. My pun. (laughs) (laughs) Ha ha. (laughs) <laughs> All right, sorry. I'm... <laughs> yes, they got the reception I wanted. You have not been going to noble houses in the late hours, Oichi. You were found performing in the cemetery at the tomb of Antoku Tenno. You've been having a spirit concert. Performing in the rain to an audience of Onibi. And by obeying the calls of the dead, you have given them power over you. And if you obey them again after what just happened, because we did rip you in the middle, we ripped you apart away from the middle of a concert. They will literally tear you to shreds. They will rip you apart. Yeah, we like figuratively ripped you apart by taking you from that. They will literally do that. We ripped you out from the concert. We parted you from the concert, but they will rip you and part you from you. From your soul. And your body. They will tear it into shreds. So he's like, oh, dang, that ain't good. That's not good. You've always had my back, priest buddy, so what do I, I believe do? you. I can't, do I... I can't resist the call of fame and fortune. And he's like, oh, I feel you. That's most song- songwriters. It's about the fame. So the priest says, well, listen, 
Me and the other priests can't stay here tonight either. We we got a gig. We got a gig, man. We got a party we got to go to. It's the event of the year. We have a... It's a mortal fest. <laughs> it's yeah. a mortal fest, 1820. No. Yes. We've got... <laughs> Those tickets are so hard to come by. We've got a prior engagement. You know we can't... We can't back out of that again. Yeah, I... I we can't cancel again. <laughs> So they're like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to tattoo you with Sharpie marker. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to we're gonna protect you, Ochi, by covering your body in the holy text of the Holy Sutra, Hanya Shinkyo, the emptiness of forms. Ooh. Yes. Yeah, this is an invisibility spell. It's actually very appropriate. Real, real cool. Uh, and so one of the acolytes, you know, a grad student, I don't know, I'm going to call him Jeff. Jeff. Uh, he proceeds to paint the holy text all over Hoji's body. It's on his forehead. It's on his tongue. It's on his toes. It's on his stomach. It's, it's on, on his, his wiener. It's even on the soles <laughs> of his feet. Yep. It is on his wiener. Um, and his balls. Gotta have both. And his toes and every, you know, he, he was... He's tatted up. He thinks he's thorough, but he's really excited to get out of there. So, yeah. And he did a good job. And so, Oiji was to sit... Sit in the veranda, same place, same time, completely still, and meditate. If he did anything to give away his position, he would be found by the Aiki and taken away, and it would not be good. He could not call for help, because no one could help him at that point. Yep. But their vision is based on movement, so if he could stay <laughs> completely still, he'd be okay. He's like, I've been... No wonder their hands were so clammy and small. <laughs> they were T-Rex. They were T-Rex claws. T-Rex arms. And so the darkness came. And everyone left. It's always dark for him. The temple. Yeah, I know. It's always... Oichi doesn't know what time it is. It's midnight, probably. But yeah. And everyone left the temple, except Oichi. And he was alone in the garden once more. And he sat at the veranda and waited, completely still, with nothing but his biwa next to him. He was bored as balls. Yeah, but he was good. You know, he's a good guy. He, he can listen to instructions. Mm-hmm. And so he sat. And then he heard the hurried steps of the samurai returning. And it stopped directly in front of him. Once he, again, Hoichi! 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 And he held his breath. And he froze in place as he had been instructed. And he felt every beat of his heart just struggling. And he was just like holding tensely. As the samurai called out in front of him. Hoichi! It's like at um, Until Dawn where you're doing like the heartbeat meter. You have to like hold the controller steady. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> it's totally that. It's like hold it steady. And some scary shit's happening right in front of you. It's like hold it steady. Yeah, it's exactly that. <laughs> and so the the like samurai is like stomping around being like, where is he? That's unfortunate. They're like that won't do. Oh no, I can't find Hoichi. There's, there's this B-Wah, but where's the player? Yeah, I see the instrument, but where's the maestro? And then he looks and he's like, Oh, dang, there are his ears. No wonder he didn't respond. He had no mouth to respond with. It's just his goddamn ears floating there in space. Hoichi, I know you're a pair of ears, but why didn't... Well, I guess I know why you didn't reply. Yeah. Oh, boy, oh, boy. I gotta I gotta bring him back. I gotta bring him back the, for my emperor. The boss said to bring back Hoichi, and I'm gonna bring back what's left. Yeah, I mean, he's like, all right, I'll just take what's left of him, I guess. Like, the rest of him blew up, maybe? I don't know. I'm not here to solve this crime. So, snip, snip, he got his ears. So, Hoichi felt the icy cold grip of fingers of iron just tear off his ears. Ooh. Oh, 
They Van Goed him on both sides. Oh, they give him a double Van Gogh. And he felt the warm gush of thick blood fall down both sides of his head. And but even still, he'd said nothing. He, tr- he, was he stifled trembling. every cry of pain and held back every tear. And he stayed like that even long after the samurai dumped, dumped, dumped away. <laughs> oh, yeah. And when the priest had returned just before sunrise, he ran into the garden. And he slipped on something thick and glammy. And he screamed out in horror as by his lantern's light he saw a small pool of blood. And he followed the trail up to the bleeding ears of Hoichi. And he looked up to the source. Yes, yes. And Hoichi's still standing standing there completely still. And he's like, ooh, ooh, my bad. What what happened, bro? Are you okay? (laughs) And at the sound of his friend's voice, Hoichi... Because like, he can still hear. It's like the outer ear that's gone, not the inner ear. Yeah, they Van Gogh'd him. They didn't make him deaf. Yeah. Thank, thank God. I mean, they he's a musician. Beethoven. They didn't Beethoven him. Yeah. yeah, they Van Gogh'd him. They didn't give him a Beethoven. And so, Hoichi, finally hearing his friend's voice, he just cries out. Ah! Yeah, and he, like, cries sorrow. so hard. All the sorrow and the moaning just, like, sighs, this big sigh, and he's just like, I was sitting here for so long. Why were you guys gone like, so long? Like, imagine the scream some guy would have if someone ripped off his fucking ears. <laughs> but then imagine he had to hold that scream for, like, four hours. <laughs> yeah. And then he can finally do it. 100%. So they take him and they, <laughs> they bandage his ears and treat his wounds. And yeah, his friend's like, Oh, no, this is my fault. Fuck. Oops, my bad. <laughs> I should have never trusted an acolyte to do this. He forgot your ears. Oh, this is why you never trust a grad student to pull off anything. <laughs> a grad student can never do their professor's work. <laughs> Taking some raptor eggs back to fund your dig? You fool. <laughs> you absolute moron. <laughs> They forgot his ears. And so they got Oichi they got Hoichi to a doctor. And he made a full recovery. It was great. <laughs> Luckily he lost his ears, but not his hearing. And or his sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> or his sense of excellent bardic loot priest storytelling. Or his sense of style. And so but the best part is the story of his adventures had spread far and wide because his friends of the temple were they were gossip. They were cat. They were chatty cathies. Oh yeah, and everyone. The joke around the whole uh, monastery or Buddhist temple was like, "He's all ears." <laughs> and they go up to Oichi like, "Sorry, did you have something to tell me? Don't worry, I'm all ears." Uh, Oichi, let me lend me your ear. <laughs> let me lend you my ear. Sorry, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but really, this was a good thing for Hoichi uh, because. From far and wide, actually living, actually really living, alive noble people wanted to see uh, Hoichi play and went, traveled to Shimonoseki to hear him play and gave him many gifts. And so he actually became very wealthy. He stopped being a poor, well, he kept, he continued to be a blind bard and eventually he aged, but he stopped being poor. Mm-hmm. At least there's that. <laughs> and, but from the time of this story on, he was not known just as Hoichi. No, he was known as Miminashi Hoichi, which means 
Hoichi the Earless. <laughs> Amazing. Also, can we please just like clear the air that the samurai that he thinks he like he kept feeling was totally a crab person? 100%. <laughs> the, the way it describes it is like, oh yeah, they skitter, they 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 scurried and skittered. And he's in the armor. Clickety clack clanking and his iron claw, his iron handed grip. And he and just he felt the iron hands rip his ears off. Like yeah. Edward Scissorhands, he just cuts them with his like big Pinsir. meaty claws. Big meaty claws. <laughs> so he was just led away by a giant crab, and I love it. <laughs> and it's like, well, yes, you know, I guess the story has an unreliable narrator because he's blind, so he does think it's a samurai, and so do you. But you know it's a crab. You know it's a crab. You know. You know, I know, we know, it's a crab. It's a crab. It's a <laughs> It's a demon ghost crab. Look like crab, act like people. <laughs> and and so from that point on, though, Ho- Hochi was good. Um, his priest friend had assured him, and this was true, that he would never again be bothered by the um, the spiritly ghost crab. I mean, now they have his ears, and they're like, play us a song, ears. <laughs> they keep just throwing the ears at a at a, at a one. <laughs> well, come on. <laughs> Play us a song. You're the ears of the Biwa man. It's like throwing Billy Joel's ears and like, play us the piano. Come on. Come on. Ghosts don't understand how music works. They've they've just forgotten. Piano. Play piano. <laughs> play Tanaura. <laughs> so that is the story of Mimi Nashihochi. That is the Mimi Nashihochi. Is an excellent story that comes with plenty of great context. It's got everything. It's got crab people. It's got. It's got ear theft. <laughs> it's got demon fires. <laughs> it's got drowned emperor boys. <laughs> it's got crabs with faces on the back of them. It's got poor young deaf or poor young blind bards who lose their ears to ear theft. Accurate. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the story. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Bye. Bye.